My name is Father Mike Schmitz, and this is Ascension Presents. So I was talking with someone recently, and another, how, how many buses do we need? This is not a big town. <laughs> At least they're hybrids. The buses are hybrids. They run off of corn oil, so when they drive by, it smells like french fries. So I recently had the opportunity to go watch the second Avengers movie called The Age of Ultron, and I thought it was great. I thought it was lovely. I thought it was brilliant. Not brilliant, but it was a fun superhero movie. That's kind of the point of the superhero movies in so many ways. But I read some message boards in some uh, reviews that people had given. They said, oh, I expected it to be, you know, darker. I expected it to be scarier. You know, a great way to kill joy is have expectation. I <laughs> invite you going to the movie thinking it'll be what it is. And basically, it is the same movie. There was, a, there was a 12-year-old girl who went to, as the first Avengers, the 12-year-old girl who went to a pre-screening of Avengers 2, and she came out and she said, well, the first movie, the Avengers teamed up to defeat a mindless bunch of aliens, and in the second Avengers movie, they teamed up to defeat a mindless bunch of robots. It was the same movie. But she didn't say it with any hit of a hint of regret or disappointment. It was like, yeah, it's fun. The first movie was great. So it's like this. It's like um, you have chocolate chip ice cream, and you have a scoop of that, and you eat it, and it's awesome and you order a second one, and you eat it. It tastes the same, but it's still awesome. That's what The Avengers 2 is all about. One of the reasons is because of Joss Whedon, the writer and director and producer of this movie. Joss Whedon does a fantastic job. He loves comics, and so he's able to tell a comic book movie that's true to the comic book characters. He's so good at that. Secondly, Joss Whedon writes great dialogue. He writes snappy dialogue. He writes great banter. That's number two. But the crazy thing is this, in all these movies that are coming out right now, there's a lot of, it's kind of the same motivation. The same motivation is this, in the face of a lot of danger, how do we most protect the people around us? And it makes sense. I mean, that's kind of what the whole superhero genre is all about. In the face of a lot of danger, how can I protect the people around me? Think of Winter Soldier, Captain America, number two. What happens? We have Hydra, disguised as S.H.I.E.L.D., that's going to do this preemptive, sorry, spoiler alert, that's going to do these preemptive strikes to try to you know, take away liberty, but ensure peace ahead of time. And what do you have in this Avengers 2, Age of Ultron? What do you have is Tony Stark, who sees that, yep, there are aliens out there that are more powerful than us as human beings. So how can I put, as they say in the movie, put a suit of armor around the world? How do I protect people by taking away their freedoms? Now, this is the interesting thing. This is almost what every single totalitarian government has ever tried to do, to protect people by taking away their freedoms. In fact, it reminds me of, uh, you know, back in, the, back in the day, they had some dystopian literature, literature was kind of a deal. In 1984, there was a, sorry, there was a book, 1984, by George Orwell. There's another book about this dystopian future uh, called The Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. And both of these books were about a dystopian future. They're both about a totalitarian kind of regime that controlled people, that protected them by taking away their freedoms. But there's two different kinds of totalitarianism. In 1984, it was kind of like in Winter Soldier or like in um, Age of Ultron, where you have this enforced totalitarianism, like, no, you will do what we say for the good of everyone else. In uh, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, it's a soft totalitarianism. What they do, instead of forcing upon someone their regime, they just make them comfortable. They just give them everything they want. They give them all the sense pleasure they want. They take away all their pain. And what they do is they kind of just numb people to sleep. And so they don't strive for greatness, they just choose comfort. And the reality is what Pope Benedict XVI has said, 
who lived through totalitarian regimes, and he's seen what we're doing to ourselves even now here in the West with so much comfort. He says this, he says, the world offers you comfort. Now, whether that's simply security by a government or someone else coming in saying, I'm gonna take care of you, or comfort in the sense of numbing us to sleep. Pope Benedict said, the world offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. And that's the message of the gospel, that you're made to be great and you're given this liberty in Christ that Jesus Christ set us free, and for freedom he set us free, for greatness he set us free. The question is this, as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, okay, what do I want? Would I rather have security and no liberty? Would I rather have comfort and no greatness? Or would you and I rather live in a, in a world where like, no, actually greatness is possible, where danger is possible, but so is liberty, so is excellence, and so is a great life. Something we're thinking about. From all of us here at Ascension Presents.